Hello, Greatest Games fans. Thanks for tuning in again. This episode is different and special in a lot of ways. We have, you'll hear more about why, uh, but just a heads up, the audio quality is not that great, and there is a little bit of colorful language in this episode that may not be bleeped out, but this is one that you definitely want to stick around and listen to. Chris, what are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, we just apologize. Uh, we, we had a great time recording it. We didn't want to have to record it again. So like Brian said, some of the audio is a little choppy. There may be a word or two here or there that may offend some younger listeners' ears. But uh, assuredly, uh, we apologize for that. And I think you'll have a great time listening to this episode because it was a lot of fun. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you again, Brian. As always, it's a pleasure to be here on the Greatest Games Podcast with you. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their time as a head coach, a JV coach, a freshman coach, a CYO coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. You know, Chris, we are approaching our 50th episode and we have uh, just, you know, all we do again, we talk about it, we just make history. We have, have gotten accustomed to having one coach on at a time to talk about their greatest game and learn about them as coaches. But today we have an actual team joining us here on the Greatest Games podcast. This is the 2015 North One Group One state sectional champions, the Creskill Cougars, led by their head coach, Mike Dodo, and joined by players Matt Flood, who apparently is time for a haircut. We'll get into that later on. A.J. Gentile, Nick DeCandia, also known as Slappy, Luke Kushner, Sean Kelly. Welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. It's a mouthful. Blas, take it away. Um, I don't know what to say. This is the first time we've all been together like this on Zoom uh, during this pandemic, but it's always good to uh, get together with these uh, gentlemen and Coach Dodo and, and talk about the fun times we had because you didn't mention that there was a brilliant, I mean, brilliant assistant coach on that team. I did, and, and, well, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, let me, let me go back. Coach we'll, Batarina, we'll, we forgot yeah. about Batarina. <laughs> oh, yeah, Coach Batarina, that's right. We couldn't get him on tonight. <laughs> of course, the great, the great Chris de Blasio being an assistant coach for that, for that group. And coach Dodo can tell you how great an assistant coach I was. I'll leave that to him. Absolutely. We had a great staff that year. We had a great team that year, and, uh, you know, I made some great memories. A man of many words, Mike Dodo. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about two games uh, when, we get to, when we get to that part of the podcast. But I want to ask everyone, and we'll go down the line, everyone a question. Give me your favorite uh, in-game memory, not including the Woodridge or Hackensack game. Something that happened in a game. or Yeah, your, your favorite game memory. Uh, let's start with AJ. All right, putting me on the spot here. Um, yeah, so I guess I would go to our semifinal game then um, against Verona our senior year. That was a pretty fun uh, all-around game. I don't know if I have a pinpoint moment um, in that, but I, I want to say towards the end of the first quarter of that game when I just uh, knew we kind of 
took over that game from the start and we felt the energy in there. That was kind of a redemption game for us coming back from football. And, uh, you know, the, the energy was high in that, in that gym that day. We came out on top quick and, and, and it was just a fun, uh, a fun all around game. It was physical and there was a lot of energy. Um, I think we played really well into that. So uh, I'll keep it short because I know we got a couple guys to go through here. So. All right. Can I, can I interject on that? Go ahead, Matt. So my first thought when you when you said that was that game for a slightly different reason. Uh, prior to the game, um, so what was it? Probably like a three o'clock start. We're in the gym, maybe like two fifteen, getting shots up before we go into the locker room. And remember, like the little ball rack that would be put out in the middle of the court. And I think there was like twelve balls total. I think like our side had like eight of the balls, and then Verona had like. Two, of the, two or three of the balls, and there was one ball sitting on the rack. And AJ essentially rips the ball out of their point guard's hand and says, give me that, and just <laughs> throws it on our side. So now we have nine of the balls, and they only have three. Um, and from, from that point, I knew we were going to win that game, and, and AJ, AJ had a monstrous game. Uh, and it was, it was fun. Um, you know, I didn't play football, but, um, you know, real good buddies with all the guys that did play football, and it was good to get them back for um, for them. So that was, that was definitely just a great moment. <laughs> that's great. That's, that sounds like AJ for those listening who know AJ Gentile. Uh, Slappy, what do you got? Uh, honestly, I think my biggest and best moment of that season was probably the first time we played Woodridge. You know, we came out hot. Um, you know, we had, we struggled a little bit early in the season. We lost to Ridgewood, but we were, we were hungry. Um, you know, there's a long rivalry between Creskill and Woodridge, you know, that went back to our freshman year when, you know, we were in the stands watching, you know, those kids compete and winning a state. Um, so we were pretty hyped, you know, playing them first time of the year. And there was, I remember, I don't remember the kid's name, but the Italian, what, point guard, shooting guard. I think the mayor gave them a city, like the key to the city before the game. And I was pissed. And I remember he, he came out and he had like the first six points of the game, you know, and, and after that, he kind of kind of shut him down and Flood ended up breaking, I think, the three-point record for our school, right, that game? Did you, have, did you have seven or eight threes in that game? Was it in a game? I had eight, and it was, uh, I think, broken a year later by Luke's little brother, Jagger. <laughs> uh, Even better. Jagger. <laughs> uh, people, people sleep on – so, yeah, people sleep on Jagger. I was definitely the better brother of the two. But give uh -oh. Jagger where credit's due, honestly. Um, so my favorite moment, honestly, was the first round of the playoffs. The real travesty of this whole podcast is not having the Croatian sensation Matt Ferrara here. But obviously, due to the time difference, it's a little hard for him. But my favorite moment easily was end of the game. Where, you know, it was kind of a blowout, but it was still, you know, relatively competitive. Crowd was into it. Home opener for the playoffs. And Ferrara gets the, you know, ball baseline, right in the corner, rips through. And I just all of a sudden you just hear the sound. I believe I can fly. <laughs> I believe I can cut. Ferrara takes off from might as well have been the free throw line distance from the sideline and just dunks on two people. And we were going crazy on the bench. Crowd erupts. And you can just tell from that moment, you know, that moment that we were about to make a deep run in that playoffs that year. And it was, it was an absolute, probably the best moment of my, of my high school basketball career was watching Matt Ferrara just absolutely just destroy two random kids I've never met before, but an awesome <laughs> moment nonetheless. Who was who that against, Luke? 
That was against something. Bergen Tech? Flood? Flood would know. Flood would know better than I would. Maybe Bergen Tech? Something West like that? Caldwell First Tech. round? Bergen oh, West Tech. Cal and West Caldwell Tech. That's right. That's right. West Caldwell Tech. And I'm telling you right now, those two kids never picked up a basketball again. That was it. <laughs> Uh, who hasn't gone yet? Sean? Sean. Yeah, I got a good memory. It's um, back in junior year. We were playing uh, away at Waldwick. You know, we had the whole scouting report. We had those uh, tall and goofy guy was guarding me. Um, forgot my shoes before the game. You know, it wasn't a great start. Luke, uh, surprising, an extra pair of Jordans, size 13. I was a 12. I threw them on. You know, played all right in the first half. Second half, I got tall and goofy guy guarding me. You know, usually I'm a four, but I was playing outside. The guy was too quick. And then um, I was too quick. I mean, the guy was too slow. And then Doug Pomodesta. You guys remember Doug Pomodesta? Yeah. Little uh, five eight guard. He's like, let me guard him. Let me guard him. Dodo looks at me. He goes, Kelly, get down on the block. I go down there, posted him up. Uh, I think we went on to win that game uh, by a couple points. But it was honestly one of the um, most memorable varsity performances that I had in terms of a good game and a close game. Um, aside from, you know, de Blasio, Manchester, freshman year. That's, that, that's the real one, though, right? <laughs> we'll get to some of those memories. We'll get to some of those. Coach, uh, give me some of your favorite memories from a game uh, that year. Uh, I do remember the game Nick was speaking of with the Italian kid from Woodridge. Uh, and they came out. It was a packed gym. The mayor gave him the key to the city. And then also they came out to the Italian music that was playing for warm-ups. And that got us extra pumped. I remember we put 92 on them that game. Um, so that was a big memory of that season as well. Um, I remember when we played Dwight Englewood, they had this Division One recruit who was young at the time, but Jalen Carey, I think his name was, and Nick did a hell of a job guarding him. That was a big win for us. And just throughout the year, you know, some of the big games, obviously the county tournament game that we're going to talk about a little bit, and then obviously the, the state final game. But uh, it was a great season, great games all throughout the season, and we had some great memories. Can, Brian, can I add one? Please. Can I Please. So, Flood, you'll have to remind me what game this was. You had, you had like a bad hand for part of the season, and there was one game where your hand was like cut and bleeding. And you just kept making shots, and you were wiping it on your – it was home, so he had white shorts on, Rose. And he's wiping it on his shorts, and my brother is sitting across from the bench, and he keeps looking at me saying, like, Matt's hand is bleeding. And Matt is just, just drilling shots against whoever it is and just wiping his hand on his shorts <laughs> over and over again, and no ref ever stopped the game, like, was like, there's blood on his hand, there's blood on his short. Like, never. And Matt probably scored 25 that game with a bloody hand. The ref never stopped the game. I don't remember. It was a home game, Matt. Do you remember that game? Yeah, it was the uh, DePaul game. It looked like I had uh, a pretty vicious, like, hemorrhoid going on or something. Yeah. I had blood all on, like, the backside of my shorts. Brian, his shorts were loaded with blood. Like, How is a ref not stopping this? It literally looked like it, I, was, I was playing for a team with, like, team colors were, like, scarlet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then I think um, at halftime um, – I think one of the sophomores, Jack Malpy, gave me his shorts because <laughs> – yeah, but that was that was the DePaul game at the White Morrow. Okay, I just remember my brother looking at me and going, "His hands bleeding." I said, "Yeah, I know, I got it. We know his hands bleeding. The shots are going in. Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> All right, Coach Dodo, we're going to go back to you on this one here. So I know we've got two games to talk about here: the Woodridge and the Hackensack game. So let's go ahead and hear about one of those games here, and we'll get the input from the guys after you go here. 
Hackensack. Hackensack, they had a lot of great players, a couple of Division One recruits, um, and we were just group-wise knew that we could beat them. And I think the fact that our guys were such a tight-knit group, we might not have been better basketball players than some of those guys, but the fact that, that we were such a tight-knit group and such a, you know, well, it's such a good team that we went out and we took it to these guys. We frustrated the hell out of them. AJ, I remember, took four or five charges. Um, and everybody was just in sync. Everybody was doing their – playing their role. And by the end of the game, when we beat them, their team just folded. One of the kids quit mid-game. It was – it got ugly on their end. But uh, for us, it was just a great performance by our team. And, uh, you know, I was proud of the way the guys came together against a big school like Hackensack. Take it away to anybody, any other guys want right, to chime so in. I'm going to start there since you talked about charges and AJ. And when I was coaching basketball, I couldn't have, I, I absolutely loved it when my guys were taking charges. So you take four or five charges. Tell me about that. Tell me about your overall philosophy. Were you just the guy to jump in and, and give up your body penetration all the time? Yeah, well, to be honest, uh, because we're on a podcast here, Brian, you know, I, although I may be stunning, I am a little undersized for a center. So, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I wasn't always able to block shots, so I had to make up for it in some sort of way. <laughs> so I would, uh, I figured I'd jump in there, and you know, when I could, I, I would, I would take charges. I tried to to step in the lane. Um, you know, we preach help defense. That's uh, something that Creskill is really known for. So just step in there and, and take charges, and I, I try to do that frequently. Um, I think I did it continuously throughout the season. I had fun while doing it too because it makes the game a little more physical, which I liked, and uh, it was a good time. AJ, I'm going to continue with you. Talk about frustrating. What was the kid? I don't even remember the kid's name, but just talk about what you did to get that kid so PO'd by the by half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that was – I think that kid had a good uh, – six or seven inches on me probably um so he he was tall I knew I knew I was undersized in there but I was just leaning on him the whole game you know just putting my weight on him uh tugging tugging at his shorts the whole game really just getting frustrated and getting in his head you know he wouldn't have the ball or we would even be on offense or deep and and you know I would still be putting putting my weight on him just just constantly be in his ear and be be on him just let him know that I was there um so I think it worked well we frustrated them, um, and, and our guards did a great job, you know, pressuring their ball handlers, which, which helped so they couldn't make easy passes into the post either. Um, so all around, I think it was a great defensive game on our end. So AJ keyed in on that part about help defense and um, being taught at Creskill. So, Luke, I'm going to go to you next. So what was that like daily in practice? Was that just hammered into you guys? Every day, over and over again. What what was that like being taught Brian, the Crestco way? I, Brian, I hate to interrupt you here, but you can't ask Luke about defense. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say I was the best defensive player, but I will. I would like to shed some light on the practices. It really started when we were freshman year of high school. We had, you know, obviously De Blasio as our coach, and the truth is, is that that culture, that you know, that enforcement in terms of charges and defensive energy and togetherness really, really honed in our freshman year. We had the Blasio, and every day during practice, he came with a quote, 
He gave us a purpose every practice, and he actually taught us how to do the charges. If AJ, I'm so surprised AJ did not mention de Blasio in this whole charge thesis he had going on here. He did not know what he was doing if it wasn't for de Blasio. And that's yeah, AJ used is... to have this Homer Simpson, oh, oh, and it was because of de Blasio <laughs> freshman year. And the fact AJ didn't mention it, it was, it was a little crazy. But to that point, I actually thought that Coach Dota did a great job top bottom in terms of freshman to varsity JV and instilling that mentality of, hey, put your body on the line. You know what I mean? Team first. It was a Cresco attitude. It was that, that type of grit that we would go through just from the moment we stepped into that high school until the moment we left the actual program. And it was crazy and very interesting and honestly heartwarming to see that year after year, you know, group after group with that same mentality. And it's true, it really did start top bottom. And you saw it as we progressed as we got older. You know, naturally, we stopped doing a lot more of the physical stuff when we got to the varsity level, just in terms of, you know, de Blasio 1v1, throwing the ball out, dribbling it out, me and AJ decking each other to get the ball. But, you know, as we, it's, it's those little things that really, as you grow as a basketball player, you start understanding and appreciating freshman year. And then by the time you graduate, actually, when you're a senior. I wonder where Coach de Blasio got some of those charge drills. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody that may be on this podcast that may be one of the co-hosts. I don't know. but no, uh, not at all. <laughs> go, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Uh, Nick, talk about the Hackensack game a little more. We're trying to talk about the game specifically. Tell us what you remember from the Hackensack game. Um, from the Hackensack game, I got to be honest, I don't remember much. Um, <laughs> That's not uh, Well, er, uh, early in the game, I'm a, I'm, I do remember I forced up a couple shots offensively in the first quarter. You know, a typical game I got yelled at by Coach Dodo. You know, <laughs> told to stop shooting, give the ball to Sean and Matt, uh, you know, play defense, what I'm used to. <laughs> um, you know, defense was a big part of that game. Um, I think we did really well. AJ hung in there with those big kids. I was guarding – I don't remember his name – the bond or that Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys, you guys remember anybody? Like I can, I can, I know like this kid's birthday, MJ Who? Richardson. MJ Richard, where did he go to school? He he ended up playing. Like, in he college. went to school with you. He went to Dominican College, bro. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I, okay, sure. He went to Dominican, ended up playing D two. He was he was a pretty good player. He was physically bigger than me, like most kids I actually guarded during the season. You know, Jalen, I do remember was bigger than me. Um, but, you know, we hung in there for a sp specifically a small group. You know, we hung in there with a lot of bigger teams. And I think that helped us down the line. I think we kind of just outran everybody. We made a couple big shots. Flood, you hit a big shot just before halftime, didn't you? And before the second quarter, too. Before the second quarter? I remember you hit the one at halftime that just kind of, like, put the game away at halftime. Yeah, that was uh, – it felt like kind of a, an early dagger. Um, I hit one at the end of the first quarter – um and I was I was pumped and then at the end of the first half I got the ball like the same spot um I drilled and I saw the kid that wound up quitting the uh the team in the fourth quarter he was very discouraged and I was running my mouth a little bit I was feeling myself and uh he didn't take too kindly to that um but you know we, we outplayed him down the stretch we out executed them and um I will say one thing though uh if you take it back to our junior year, I think we learned a lot from that um, that experience in the Jamboree. Um, you know, being a pretty highly ranked team, I think we were like the 10 seed, and we, we dropped the game in the first round, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning game to uh, the Glen Rock. Um, so I think that we really went out and seized the moment. Um, as, as cliche as that sounds, but we, we really knew that these 
opportunities are few and far for a group one uh, school to, to get. So we, uh, we rose to the occasion. It was, it was great to be a part of that. Brian, I, I know uh, a couple guys have mentioned it, the guy quitting in the middle of the game. Was it Saliba, Matt? Was it B.J. Saliba? No, it was the other kid. Uh, um, Atiba Taylor. Atiba Taylor, that's right. Okay, yeah. both, these, both these kids went D1. They were both freshmen on that team, I believe, uh, Brian. But in the middle of a timeout, like uh, Coach Dodo's going over the timeout, and I can, I'm like standing outside the huddle, and I hear like a ruckus going on in the other huddle. And I turn around, and Atiba Taylor has taken his jersey off, thrown it at the coach. His dad has come down from the stands and MF the coach, and Taylor's walking toward the locker room. And I'm like, well, this game is over. We have. <laughs> This thing locked up. I mean, it is over. <laughs> We've heard a lot of stories on this podcast. That's the first I've heard about of a, a kid quitting mid-game. So, Sean, we're going to go to you next. It sounds like an incredible game. A kid quitting, a blowout. Uh, what's what's your take on this game? What do you remember about this game? If Sean's there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can you repeat that question? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sean, we, we've heard about a kid quitting. Yeah. We've heard about a blowout in this game here. So what, what do you remember about this game against Hackensack? Yeah, so I, I remember we came in hot. I remember the we had two different lineups. It was either uh, Matty Ice came in. You know, he was, he was playing down low, and we were playing the big, the big squad, and that was working that game. Um, I remember we were just kind of running all over the floor, you know, like not fouling people, but definitely like being aggressive, you know, to the point like where it wasn't a foul. He just probably pinching people in the back and – Next thing I know, this kid just started – I think his dad was yelling at him from the sideline. He's yelling back at his dad, throws his jersey in, and he just walks off the court. One of the, one of the best memories, honestly, from uh, high school basketball. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't as much of a blowout as we're making it sound like. I think we ended up winning the game by nine or ten points, I, I want to say. Twelve, I think. Uh, yeah, so – yeah, something like that. So it was much closer, closer than uh, we're making it sound, but – um, it just yeah, felt like we had that game. Yeah, we had yeah. that game all the way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, even if we won by single digits or by 12 points, we were, you know, we had just kind of dominated them that whole game. It wasn't, it was never really close. All right, Coach. So we, so we won that game. Our next county game we won't talk about. That was not, that was not a great highlight of the year, the game after that. But let's go to the, uh, the Woodridge game, the sectional final at no, home. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, I'll tell you about that one off the air. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, Coach, take us to the Woodridge game. Again, we, we talked a little bit about it. We, we had Coach Renzio uh, on the podcast, and, and he talked about it, and he talked about, you know, the rivalry that we had at that time with Woodridge and Creskill both – you know, two of the best group one programs around at that time. They were op both operating at a high level. Uh, take us in the gym for that Woodridge game and, and how that game unfolded. Coming into the Woodridge game, I was afraid our team was going to be a little overconfident since we blew them out earlier, a month earlier in the season. Um, the atmosphere in the gym was incredible. The two, two prior years in the state finals, we had played at their place. So finally, we finally had a home game against them. And, uh, you know, we came out, we played, came out well, we jumped on them early, I remember. And then at the end of the game, things just fell apart for us. They had a big kid that hit a couple threes against us. And sure, Floody remembers his name as well. Um, and then before we knew it, you know, we're down three points with a couple seconds left. And, uh, yeah, it was looking a little bleak. And then uh, AJ came through with his miracle shot. And uh, sent us to overtime, and the rest is history. 
So, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, someone take me through the final play where AJ got the damn ball. So, so I'll, I'll take, okay. I'll take okay. you through the final play. I'll take you through the final play. So we who's, have on, the, who's on the court, Luke? Who are the five guys on the court? So the five on the court was me, Sean, AJ, Zach, Flood. Okay. And we have a free throw play, normal play we were going to run, nothing crazy. It was pretty much AJ takes out the ball. He gets it to, I believe it was Flood or Zach. And then Zach gets to me around half court. But I would, the way the play happened, I was actually just a little further past half court, closer around, you know, top of the key extended. So by the time Zach got me the ball on the free throw, we were down through with around four seconds left. Zach throws me the ball. Both guys that were in the back court, I think it was Will Cook and another guy. So I had about a 6'5 kid coming into my face and another kid coming to trap. And, you know, naturally I had Sean, who was probably our third or second best three-point shooter, our, you know, obviously one of our top scorers in the corner wide open. I don't even look this poor man's way, by the way. I don't even look at Sean because I got Will Cook coming to my left. So instead of looking at Sean, which would have been the plausible option, I see Flood about cross court getting double teamed, his jersey getting ripped. I was like, I can't make that pass right now. So I think, okay, three seconds left. I got AJ trailing. I'll give it to AJ. AJ will then get the ball to Flood. And you know what? We'll live and die with the three from Flood just like we've been doing our entire lives. That was my mentality, okay? AJ, I guess, took it upon himself to believe that I decided to throw the ball to him for him to take the last shot, even though he has never made a three-pointer since I've known him when I was eight. But nonetheless, in the biggest moment of our high school careers, I throw the ball to AJ. AJ looks at the basket, looks around, I would say, enough time to look around and be like, should I shoot this thing? All of us are probably screaming, please do not shoot this ball. AJ ends up shooting the ball as gracefully as he does with his squat thrust shot. And it finds, listen, it finds the bank and it, it goes through. And the best part about the entire video is you literally see all four of us outside of AJ crashing the boards the hardest out of anything in the world. We are going dead straight to the rim saying, okay, let's get a tip out. Let's find a way to get. And this ball just magically finds the bottom of the net. And it was it was crazy. The crowd goes crazy. AJ runs into our fan section. I'm jumping in behind him. Zalizo, our other assistant coach, is getting height that I don't think he reached probably until he was 18. And it was, it was a magical moment, honestly. And it was, it was wild. And then we, we kind of realized, oh, crap, we got overtime. And uh, luckily, Nick DeCandia said, I got us. I just got us. And next thing you know, we got Nick, who, you know, who's been more of our defensive guy all year. All of a sudden, Nick's just – He's taking step back, lefty threes, and you know. Next thing I know, Nick hits four threes in a row in overtime, and like Coach Otto said, that the rest was history. Two, I believe it was two threes. He hit four is a bit. It was. It was two. It was two. We won by twelve. Oh, we Co- won by. I thought Nick had twelve in overtime. Maybe that was Coach, bad. Coach, when uh, seriously, uh, when AJ got the ball, did you think about passing out when he shot it? Like, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't the guy we were looking for to take the shot. I actually pulled up the film right now. AJ inbounds to Zach. Zach dribbles up the court, hits like Luke said, hits Luke on the left wing, and then to AJ at the top of the key. And it was an ugly shot, but it went in. It went in. 
And that's all that matters. I'm so I'm fascinated right now. AJ has been one of the most talkative guys on this episode so far and has just been silent here. He's probably AJ, please respond. Like you, you had to be shooting 42% from (laughs) three. This was right in your wheelhouse, right? Like, please tell me. It's yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I wasn't allowed to shoot threes, Brian. So I've, (laughs) I've, I've, I, that was my first, I think maybe junior year or maybe on senior day, I shot one three. That was my, but that was my first three of uh, my varsity career. All three, you know, from as I could think of. So that was my first real three in the state final game. Uh, to be honest, I was, you know, I saw, I did inbound it to Zach. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Zach dribbled up the court, passed it to Luke. Luke, pass it over to me. Now, I was looking beforehand. I was looking for flood. That was what was in my head. Let's get the ball to flood. And I saw oh, beforehand. Because he, people are listening to you? No, I'm being, <laughs> no, I'm being, I'm being serious. And uh, flood, was, flood was totally double teamed. Uh, the ball came from Luke. And it, there were about three or four seconds on the clock. So I, I figured I was going to truck it up and uh, get ready to rebound and, and hopefully pass it back out to someone. And like uh, I think Luke said, you know, everybody was crashing the boards pretty hard there. And it, and, and it was uh, – it went in. And it was just uh, – it was a surreal moment. I think we sucked the life right out of them when that happened. And uh, we just crushed them in overtime. Nick, Nick, talk about the overtime. You, you were on the court and you hit two big threes. I believe you hit both of them in front of our bench. Just talk about those two threes and, and what they meant for us in overtime. Yeah, so, I mean, after AJ shot, I think everybody in the gym kind of knew that we were going to win the game. You know, just the energy completely shifted. You know, they hit the, the big free throw. They hit a three. Um, we came down and we were down. And, you know, when he hit that shot, the gym just erupted. And, you know, the whole demeanor, everybody's demeanor just immediately changed. You know, I'm going to be honest, I was kind of crapping my pants going out into overtime. You could see in the YouTube video, if you're watching it, I actually went to go take the ball out on the sideline instead of a jump ball. And I looked at the ref, and the ref was like, it's a jump ball. And I was like, I know. I was just trying to get the ball. You know, I was just trying to take the ball now. And he, he like, smelled bulk, like, right away, and it was just pretty funny. Um, so we ended up winning the tap. Um, I don't remember who jumped. Uh, ball came to me. I passed it to Zach immediately. You know, ball swing to, was swung to the wing. I passed it into AJ, who was at the free throw line. Um, and at that point, everybody just collapsed. And, you know, I was scoreless in um, regulation, which is a pretty typical game. I think not pretty <laughs> Maybe much the, the previous six games, too. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, you know, I, my job was defense. They pretty much weren't worried about me shooting. And, you know, AJ kicked it out, which is, you know, a miracle in itself. <laughs> And, and, you know, I just stroked the first one. The gym went nuts. You know, uh, I think they came down. They missed the shot. Uh, I passed it into Flood, and Flood did kind of a shimmy at the free throw line and went in for a layup. You know, uh, we came down. Skelly hit another free throw, and then, you know, we were coming down the court. They called timeout, and they were just flustered, you know, and then coming out of that timeout, I think um, I want to say about another 30 seconds in, you know, they just left me wide open, you know, and I just drained it. And all, all I remember from that second shot is hearing as soon as I touched it, we were up by six. Don't shoot. Don't shoot from coach Dodo behind me. Right in the 
the, the shot goes in and he goes, good shot, good shot. <laughs> to be honest, I think we were up eight or nine at that point with like a minute or two left. And Nick we were up shoot, six, going, dude. You guys all yelled at me after I hit and, <laughs> and going to shoot another three when we were trying to hold the ball. But it went in and it worked out. So, uh, Coach, talk about, talk about this team. I know you talked a little bit about it, but uh, we had Matt who scored, uh, what, 1,100, 1,200 points back. Coming through, and you know, we had a, a star Blas. in Sean. Blas. Start, start that with yeah. you got you got choppy again. We're gonna do some serious oh, editing on this crap. one, I guess. Yeah, start, start from the top on that one, Coach Dodo. Talk about this really being a team and, and guys like AJ and Nick making the big plays down the stretch, even though we had guys like Sean and Matt who were both thousand point scorers. Talk about what this team means as a whole and to see guys like that step up in an important moment. This team was very unique team. We had, I think almost 10 seniors on the team. Um, you know, six of them are on the call right now. We only played about seven or eight guys, and they were all seniors. I don't think any underclassmen played any varsity minutes, really. But like I said earlier, this team was destined to win the state title. They were doing that and working for that since, you know, junior Jaden when they were sophomores. So it was all building up to this, you know, their senior year. And, um, you know, they went out they – a couple of guys played football and they lost the state final in football, which, you know, I'm not going to admit I wasn't that upset about, even though I'm a Crestgill diehard. I wanted these guys to be real hungry to win the basketball title. I felt if they won it in football, they might not be, be as hungry. Um, so they were really hungry and everything went our way. We had goals. You know, we had issues like every team does. You know, guys wanted to start. Certain guys wanted more playing time. Matt Ferrar wanted to play the point guard. Um, but, uh, you know, by the end of the year, everybody had bought into their role. And like you said, if, if Matt or Sean Kelly weren't scoring and making the big plays, other guys were stepping up and doing some great things for us. You know, like bring up Matt Flood against DePaul. He had a big game for us. He had a dunk in that game as well in a, you know, a non-league game for us. So, you know, different moments throughout the year where different guys stepped up and had big games and big moments. And that's, you know, how teams win. You know, and I've been doing this a long time. And uh, the special teams find a way to win. They, they find a way to you know, accept their roles. And it's not always easy to accept your role, especially if you're not one of the starters or one of the main guys. But in order for a team to be successful – everybody's got their role and these guys did that and the fact that they were such a close-knit group i think that played into our success saying from grade school but they also hung out together they were friends with each other yeah they can up but this stuff happens that makes you a stronger team and uh you know it was a great season and um you know thank god aj made that shot that's all i have to say
right. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'm going to you next. I know you've been chomping at the bit to jump in about this game. So give give us give us your take, what you saw, and uh, I, I might have some thoughts. We we have we have found the YouTube video y'all have talked about. So I want to hear your side of the story about this about this last shot about this game. Yeah, just kind of you know it's pretty much all of it's been said. But uh, there was we were just playing really well, and then all of a sudden. We kind of took our, our foot off the gas a little bit towards the like midway through the fourth quarter and they were creeping back. And all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard. I'm like, holy crap, we are we're losing this game right now. Um, but then, you know, the sequence has been played out for you a couple of times. Um, I was trying to get open. I was like underneath the basket and this kid literally grabbed me like we're taking like a, a prom picture. He's got me by like both hips um, and I had no chance of getting open. And, you know, AJ, you know. Just he did what he did, and you know that uh, that crack in the backboard. Uh, it's it's well deserving to be known as the, uh, the AJ Gentile crack. Well, we're we're gonna put the link in the show notes here so everybody can see this. But I'm telling you, he steps in with confidence and authority, and then just banks it in. It's amazing, and the the scene in the gym too. Y'all did a great job. Luke did a great job of telling the story. It's absolutely nuts in the gym, but I, I just love the confidence that AJ steps in with right there. <laughs> AJ always had confidence. Um, I, we do want to talk about one thing here. Uh, we, we've mentioned his name a little bit. Uh, we've talked about Zach Garcia and AJ. Uh, about Zach, who, who we lost almost two years ago. Yeah, sure. So, DeBoz, it was a little bit choppy there, but I think um, we're talking about Zach now. So, Zach uh, was our point guard. You know, he was the, the staple of our offense. Um, he he came, uh, you know, him and I kind of, uh, went hand in hand together when we were going through practices, always getting in trouble together with coach and, uh, uh, you know, probably doing some stupid stuff, but, um, you know, he was, he was a point guard of our team. He was the leader. He, he brought the ball up. He, um, distributed the ball well. And I think he grew into his role, uh, especially his senior year extremely well. Um, he just, he, he, you know, he mandated the offense and, and he brought the ball up. Um, his defense improved and I'll let some of the other guys uh, talk about him as well. Um, but, you know, he was, he was huge for us um, in that, in that season. And it's been mentioned a little bit of how good of friends we were outside of basketball. Um, and, you know, Zach was obviously a part of that. Um, and, and all around, and Coach Jodo mentioned this too, I think that's what made our team so special, how close-knit we were on the court, but off the court as well. Um, all around, um, we were – everyone was, was friends with each other, and, and that's what allowed us to be so competitive in practice and get into fights and, and be aggressive with each other and still come ready to win as a team um, come game time. So I'll let some other guys jump in if they want and talk a little bit more about what Zach meant to the team and, and kind of his role. Yeah, AJ, AJ kind of touched upon it too. And Zach was just, you know, our point guard, our, our, a natural leader. Um, and I think the thing that stood out most about Zach is just his competitive nature at uh, pretty much not only basketball, but everything he did. Um, you know, he wanted to do it to the best of his ability. I, I can't, I could probably count on like one hand how many times I beat him in a game of 2K um, or like FIFA. He just always, always wanted to win no matter what it was. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting, too. AJ said, especially senior year, he really um, accepted his role. Um, he kind of delegated the scoring to me and Sean. And all this kid cared about was the wins and his assists. 
uh, he would, you know, be kind of having a, 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 he was like, a, he was keeping his stats of, uh, of how many assists he had during the game. And that's all he cared about. And, um, you know, he was really a, a huge part of, of any success that we experienced in those four years. Um, yeah, if anybody else wants to add to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in, honestly. Um, like they both said, our, our the reason what made our team great was the fact that we've played together the same eight, seven guys since we were in third or second grade. So by the time we were in high school and we were playing these bigger teams, it was kind of like these these teams were all coming from AAU programs in middle school, you know what I mean? And it was just like they didn't understand what made us so great. And it wasn't the fact that Flood and Sean could score the ball. It was the fact that, everyone else knows what they like and how they liked it. And that obviously had a lot to do with Zach being our point guard. Um, like they said, he kind of grew up in his role, but at the same time, it was more or less just like he grew up more as a person throughout the program and obviously having, you know, the Blasby as coach and, you know, that go through that process freshman year wasn't easy. The Blas made him practice with his right hand once, but didn't let him use his left for literally two and a half straight hours. Um, it, was, uh, it was definitely something that you watched him grow as a person which then translated onto the court. Um, and just in terms of like, you know, I guess his place in our group of friends, because like we said, we were all really close off the court, you know, just his impact couldn't be stated. His charisma couldn't be stated. And, you know, when things got tough, he was the guy to be like, you know, like, can we wake up please? You know, that was, that was really him uh, being a leader, being the extension of the coach on the floor um, was, was unmatched and was so needed in games that you wouldn't expect as, you know, a good team playing smaller schools you go through those games and like, you think you're going to wipe them out. But when we don't, it was Zach, the guy being like, yo, like we got to start turning it up. Um, and that just translated over to the championship game. And obviously the next game against university, it was still, it was just his presence being there, especially on the court was always a common presence. We never, he probably logged the most minutes out of anybody else our senior year because he was literally our leader on the court. We couldn't really move and groove without him. Um, so that was kind of the way that, that I always looked at him. We, we all treated him as if he was a little brother. And you watched him become our big brother on the court at some moments. And it was just – it was really interesting and great to, to see as a friend and a teammate. And I guarantee, you know, Coach Dodo, Coach de Blasio, they can go off and, you know, have their own podcast just talking about him as an individual. And he was the glue. And that, that's really what it was. He was the glue. And um, – and it was great. And obviously, if Ferrara was here, he would be able to explain his point of view on it also. And, and I'm sure he would be able to, you know, highlight some of the same things we did. But uh, that was definitely the impact that, uh, that he brought to our team. All right, I'll jump in next. Um, so basically, the way I saw it is he was just, you know, he was a huge locker room guy for us. His, his personality was very contagious. You know, he, he knew how to lighten up a room if we were down. He knew how to calm people down. He knew what to say and when to say. You know, a lot of guys touched up on the fact that he was a huge leader for us. And I, you know, couldn't agree more. Throughout the whole season, he, you know, took charge of the ball, you know. Um, you know it's funny, in a, growing up in a small town with a pretty competitive basketball program, you would think that Zach moving into town would, you know, make us kind of butt heads competing for the same spot. But, you know, he was always so open to helping me in any sort of way get better. You know, he was pushing me every day at practice. We, we paired up together, you know, for basically every drill. Um, I think that was because Coach Dodo wanted me to harass the crap out of him with the ball. And, you know, I, I learned really quickly that Zach was the one kid that knew how to get under everybody's skin, <laughs> you know, any time of day. AJ, too. 
Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why, he's, that's why he still pisses me off every day. <laughs> and one thing, I yeah, go ahead. No, just I want, want I want to come to talk a little bit about yeah. Zach and and what he meant to that team. Like the guys were saying, Zach was definitely our leader on the court. He was our floor general. Um, he gave me fits over the years. I remember having Zach in elementary school. He was a little pain in the ass in <laughs> elementary school. Um, in a good way, though. Like, he was funny. He had a great personality. He was always happy, always, you know, ready to go and get after things. Um you know, I remember getting on him about being a little more aggressive, being stronger with the ball, not doing floaters. Now I teach teach the kids to do floaters, which I can't get over. But I used to get on him about his floaters and stuff. But uh, he really stepped it up for us. He was, you know, a great player, a great kid. Um, you know, I got good memories of him, and my daughter does as well. I remember at practice one time, you know, he, he, once in a while he gets carried away with his passes, and he, tries to zip the ball to a few guys. And one of my daughters was standing on the side watching practice. And he threw an errant pass, hit her right in the stomach. She didn't see it coming at all. Wind knocked out of her. You know, her face turned completely white. She fell to the ground. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did it twice it happened. But um, <laughs> Zach is just a unique kid. Uh, it's, you know, I still can't believe he's gone. Um, you know, but we all have great memories of him and, you know, it's just, it's a shame, but you know, this stuff, this thing's happening in life and, uh, hopefully it's brought these guys even closer together than they already were, if that's possible. And, uh, you know, his memory will always live on with us and our team that year and, uh, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't have much else to say besides, uh, what those guys said, they said it so eloquently and, um, uh, just to mention, uh, Brian, I just wanted to mention the other guys on the team that weren't able to be here. We talked about Matt Ferrara, Harrison Farber, Jimmy Pasinich, um, Sebastian. What was Sebastian's last name? What was Sebastian's last name? Castano. Castano and Danny Garcia were the other seniors on that team. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a big group of seniors. Sebastian and Danny were kids who had moved into town in high school and team and, and accepted their roles, you know, as bench players. And like coach had talked about a bunch, you know, just everybody bought in that, that whole group of, of 10 guys. Well, I, I will, I will pipe in here. I, I appreciate you guys sharing about Zach. I, I have, it's, as coach mentioned, these things happen, but I've, I've lost players and, and students over the years. It's, it's never easy. And, um, just to appreciate you guys being honest about it and then sharing about Zach. Sound like a great, great guy. And uh, just again, sorry, sorry to hear about the loss, uh, for for sure. Yeah, Rose, if if he was if he was on here, he would be the one chatting your ear off instead of me. It would be it would be him, not me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our our final question. Maybe a, a couple of questions here. So let's go around the room. Um, this is going to be a favorite memory. Of, of Coach de Blasio or Coach Dodo or both, whatever, all we have is time. Uh, we are trying to keep it somewhat clean. So, you know, I know I know neither of them really blew their top. I know they always kept their cool, right? But uh, any, any kind of favorite memory. So, AJ, I see you pumping your fist. Let's go to you first, AJ, on this one. Yeah, I'll start. I, I, I'm going to go real quick because I know we got to go kind of around the horn here. <laughs> I'll start with uh, Coach Dodo first. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good memories, but um, – you know, he, he got us pumped up, uh, you know, in the locker room beforehand or at halftime. 
And I remember, I think it was the Hackensack game, and we come into the locker room, and he's just, you know, he's excited. He's sweating probably more than we are. And uh, he comes in there, and he goes, all right, boys, and he's clapping it up, and he goes, let's go for the jugular. And for some reason, that just hyped all of us up, and we were all ready to go. You know, that was the halftime speech. And we were, you know, we didn't even talk. I don't think we sat down that halftime. And we were all up, and we went right back out onto the court, and we, you know, we came out hot the second half of that hack and sack game. My other memory of Coach de Blasio uh, now is an interesting one. So, um, you know, there's – and that's right. I didn't give de Blasio enough credit before for all the drills and, and you know, how he, he really made me grow up uh, freshman year. Um, you know, I matured a lot with him and, and his kind of – um, how hard he was on us, and I appreciated that afterwards. And the same with Coach Dodo. I don't think we appreciated it in the moment. Um, and, and, you know, he taught us lessons that during that time we don't, you know, I, I sometimes hated him for. Uh, and afterwards I can really appreciate it. So freshman year, we had an away game, um, and it was our furthest game of the season. I think that team, I think it was, uh, I forget Manchester, where it was, Manchester. Manchester. It's like an hour away. Um, and I'm going through my, you know, we were, I think, 16 and 0, 17 and 0 at that point. And I'm going through my bag on the bus and I'm looking to make sure to double check I have my shoes, my, my shirt, my jersey. And we're still in the parking lot at this point. Uh, and I brought our home uniforms by accident instead of our away uniforms. And, you know, we're right in the, we're right in the, in the parking lot still. And I'm like, oh, let me go grab an extra one. He's like, nope, you got to get yours. So ended up the bus leaves on time as it should have. And, uh, you know, we go to the Manchester game and I don't have the uniform. Um, and, you know, being a freshman, I was like, Hey, let me take one of the other guys uniforms. Um, and he wouldn't let me do it. Uh, you know, those guys brought their uniforms. I didn't, uh, I messed up. So I went, uh, three and a half quarters without playing that game until my uniform came. And I played the last, uh, last half of the fourth quarter and we ended up winning that game, uh, by a couple of points, but you know, it, it taught me a valuable lesson of responsibility that in that, in that moment, I really just hated, uh, but, but I'm, I'm appreciative for it afterwards. So I want to follow up on that real quick. Cause that gets into something that I really, I really love AJ what was it – I don't know how to ask this question, but what was it about him telling you you cannot play that you just didn't completely blow your top and just want to quit? Like, was it the relationship that he had built with you? Or what was there a trust level? But what was it about that that had you just still sticking around and, and trusting that he was making the best decision? Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great question. Um, I think it was a combination, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, there were definitely times where I, I think I, I probably, you know, in practices, uh, I've had it in games, I've had it at times too, but every moment was a lesson. And I think uh, coach de Blasio really harped on that, that he was getting us ready for varsity um, when we were going through that. Um, I think it was a combination of, you know, me knowing that um, coach Dodo and coach de Blasio meant the best for us. Um, they, they were trying to teach us to grow up and, and to mature uh, at times, which again, I'm, I'm appreciative, appreciative for now, um, as well as the guys that I was on that team with. We, you know, we've, we've harped on it enough now, but those guys, um, how close we were. I've been friends with most of these guys since first grade. I've been in kindergarten with some of them. 
Um, we've been playing basketball together for a long time. So um, the combination of, of both coaching and the people that I'm playing with probably uh, played a big role in that. I just I love that so much. I don't know how much of this podcast y'all have listened to. I I love basketball, and Chris knows this. And I love basketball, but I love the the other side of it, the relationship side of it. And I'm just fascinated to hear hear your answer about about that. So I appreciate your honesty with that. So, Sean, we're going to go to you next on this one here. Uh, your favorite memory of Coach Dodo and or Coach De Blasio? What you got, Sean? So I, I don't have a uh, specific memory but but i i do have a specific thing that really boosted my confidence at a young age from uh de blasio um de blasio how old were you do you coach before freshman year we ever coached our, was it just was freshman year? so i guess our freshman year you know like whenever i would have like a good game you know de blasio would be on the side and he'd be yelling put this guy in a cage and i like i, I didn't really understand like what he was saying at the time and then like de blasio would grab me and i was like you're a goddamn animal, bro. Someone's got to put you in a freaking cage, and you better never stop. And just, like, throughout all of high school, like, whenever I would get hot, the Blasio would yell, put him in a cage. And that would just drive me even more, get hot, get that confidence going. Um, that's one of the biggest memories I have in terms of, you know, confidence booster at a young age. Oh, I love that. I love that. Luke, since we got you right there with Sean, what you got for us, Luke? <laughs> Favorite memory? Um, so, I mean – I mean, listen, obviously, I, I, I got a Rolodex in the back about both of uh, Coach Soto and Coach de Blasio. I'll, I'll start with Coach de Blasio, honestly. It was uh, the Manchester game. It was the game that the animal in a cage really started for Sean. And I remember that game, not only did Sean have, like, 36 points, but it was an interesting game for me because they were playing a zone. And actually, with the zone, I was a shooter on the team besides Flood. And I remember I was, I was having an off game. I was shooting, I was shooting like, 10 I probably shot 10 threes. I made maybe one or two of them. And I just remember, you know, a timeout happened. I look over to DeBlas, and I kind of was like a little dejected, which is a little surprising for me. And he goes, don't stop shooting the basketball. You know what I mean? And I just thought about it. And I was just like, all right, if this guy wants me to keep shooting, I'm going to let it fly. And it kind of was something I always believed in. But in that moment, it was that moment of doubt where, like, you know, players have, especially at a young age, where you just lose confidence for a quick second. And he just looked at me. He was like, don't stop shooting. And I just kept shooting and shooting and Naturally, you know, those two ended up falling late in the game and it kind of helped us out. But, I mean, it also – just a little, you know, for people who don't really know, you know, de Blasio and our relationship, he came in and assimilated with us so fast, so quickly. You know, he taught us life lessons to a point where we appreciated more as a coach and really took on more of a mentorship role. And uh, it was little things like, you know, the things he would do to Sean, little things he would do to us, the way that he would chirp AJ and Zach. You know, it was just things like that just made him just – really assimilate to our group and really just stuck it out. Uh, so that moment for me and, and, and Coach de Blasio was something that really stuck with my confidence. And then with Coach Dodo, it was something similar. We were playing in Powell Park, um, a game that, you know, sometimes, you know, kept up on us, slept up on us. And um, I was my junior year, and I kind of – I didn't really play a lot my junior year in terms of varsity, but he kind of just gave me a shot, threw me in there. And first shot I hit, and then a timeout happened, he was kind of just like, keep it rolling. You know, just keep it rolling. Let's go. This is – this is your game, kind of that mentality where it's like, you know, Flood and Sean aren't hitting their shots. It's kind of like, all right, who's going to take over? And I think Coach Soto saw that, that moment in me, and he was kind of like, listen, this is your time. Let's go. You know, like, keep going, keep doing your thing. Here's your confidence boost. And once I got that, I just – I rolled, and it was my probably my best game of varsity, either junior or senior year. And it was just that confidence boost that, that he gave me in that moment that made me not only appreciate him as a coach, but also just as a, you know, a human being, as a person, just to notice that, you know, maybe – 
I may have hit the first shot, but for me to hit the second, third shot, I needed that, that you know, it's just to give me the green light. So once I got it and he gave me it, it was, it was running to the races. And it was those two moments of boosting my confidence that really brought me to, I would say, that next level for me as a player. I'm loving these answers, you guys. Chris and I were talking before the show about what we wanted to ask you guys and talk about. You know, this question came up. And, you know, for me, again, I, I wanted to lean more towards what's the significant moments. And that's what everybody's coming up with, all the, the confidence that both of these coaches were instilling you guys. So I'm, I'm loving it. Let's keep going. Matt Flood, you're up, up, up next here. Your favorites, most significant moments with Coach Dodo, Coach de Blasio, what you got? Um. Again, the guys kind of hinted at this, but uh, this entire time I've been trying to think and like pinpoint one exact moment. And uh, I honestly, I can't think of one, um, but just the valuable lessons from freshman year on. We were super, not only were we, we were a very talented group, um, but the coaches that we had along the way, de Blasio, Dodo, Batterina, um, they really instilled, you know, what it truly means to work hard and, uh, you know, reach your maximum potential. Um, just, I, I guess, you know, if I gotta, if I gotta say one thing, it's gotta be that ride senior year, um, you know, coming up short, uh, you know, sophomore year, um, we had lost to a pretty good Waldwick team. Um, but, and then junior year, we lost at home to Cedar Grove. Uh, but just to the way that the events kind of turned out senior year, um, and just, you know, the fun that we had winning games, kicking the crap out of teams and just being this real cohesive group that not only was, um, you know, we weren't just like good friends playing ball together. We were good basketball players playing ball together. Um, and, you know, uh, I didn't really appreciate it to the fullest extent. Um, you know, something like, let me rephrase myself. Uh, you know, I'd come home from practices sometimes, you know, complaining to my parents, like coach those being, you know, a hard ass on me, you know, he's, he's, he's out to get me or, you know, something along that nature. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I got to college um, that I realized that he always wanted, you know, not only for me, but for all of us, he always had our best interest in mind. And um, he just wanted us to see, he just wanted to see us win and, and, you know, reach our maximum potential more than anything. Um, and, you know, I really, um, I'm grateful for that, uh, not only from a basketball standpoint, but for life too. just always keep working hard. You like, as 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 much as you think you're working hard nobody cares work harder um, and you know very grateful for that it's one of those lessons i think everybody mm -hmm. learns it i know i learned it it's pretty much my freshman year of college like that's why coach tally was so hard on me and I, now i appreciate how hard he was on all of us and so uh, it's, it's fascinating again to hear you guys talk slappy i don't know if i'm allowed to call you slappy but nate mccandia what you got here uh with your most uh, favorite moments these significant moments here just call him bozo <laughs> um so i have one specific moment of d that i have ingrained into my brain forever so Freshman year, we normally end up practicing at the rec center because uh, girls varsity and guys varsity use the high school gym. But we ended up practicing at the high school one day at night. I don't remember what. We were the last people there. So we kind of took our time at the end. De Blasio was, you know, he focused on conditioning a lot for us. Um, so we were doing our conditioning at the end. And, you know, he starts busting Luke's, you know, chops because, you know, he's pretty slow. And, you know, they get into it. They're going back and forth. And de Blasio is like, you know what? Get on the line. We're racing right now. So Luke and de Blasio get on the line. And 
they ready, set, go. They take off. De Blasio takes about three steps, trips over his feet, and does a somersault. <laughs> down, went right down. I figured that would, Luke, I figured that would be your memory. So, honestly, I, I was going to take it more of the basketball approach, but if we're talking as the people approach, I mean, that was just all time. That was all time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was slow, but I knew I was faster than De Blasio. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Off the line, he's got quick feet off the line, but boy, did he tumble hard. I didn't even realize I ended up finishing outright. I'm talking, I was not going to lose this race to De Blasio. I put my head down and I was like, I am not. And I run to the finish line, don't even look up. And I turn around and everyone's on the floor. Everyone's on the floor with De Blasio. And I'm like, what happened? So I didn't actually see the fall. But, and I asked every teacher in the school, I was like, how do I get this video? Someone please give me this video. And Mr. Bergamini, who was the vice principal at the time, he was like, oh, no, it's on a clip. I go, I don't, I don't care. Call the security company. Call the – get me this clip. It is so important to me. Uh, I ended up not being able to get it, but uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. And de Blasio, anytime you want a rematch, I'm in way better shape. So let's do it. <laughs> um, and then I want to say my, my favorite moment of Coach Dodo was uh, my senior year, definitely. So I, I played baseball um, at Dominican. And I was pretty determined in high school to playing baseball in college to a point where I almost, you know, stopped playing a couple times in high school. Um, and I remember my senior year, a couple days before we were supposed to, you know, start practices, I decided I wasn't going to play. And Coach Dodo had heard, and less than 24 hours later, he pulls me out of class in the middle of the day. And, you know, pretty much hands me the forms and is like, fill these out like you're playing. Um, and, you know, I, I'm so grateful that he did that because I would have, you know, missed out on something totally special with these guys. You know, we've we've worked for a common goal, you know, this common goal of winning, you know, since we were in third grade. And, you know, even though we went to different schools growing up, you know, we all knew each other. And that's the good thing about being in a small town is um, you're able to you know, really build friendships with you know, your teammates and these guys. So I'm just definitely happy, I, I, you know, it worked out. Blas, I got I got to say one thing. This, like, <laughs> literally absolutely just escaped my memory bank for a hot second. But, Rose, you're going to love this. It's real quick. So we beat, <laughs> we beat Woodridge the first time that year. The, the game, it's already been talked about. We won about 30 points. Um, on the way back, uh, I'm sitting in the front of the bus and uh, these like JV guys, like they didn't even see the court on JV. They're just like a bunch of knuckleheads. And one kid, Chase Wolfer, is like throwing M&Ms at people. <laughs> and he threw, he threw an M&M and it hit the Blasio in the back of the head. <laughs> I have never seen him more like stone faced. He was like, who did that? And Chase admitted to it, and all De Blasio said was, "You better bring your running shoes tomorrow, Chase." He made him <laughs> run around. He made him run around the gym the entire practice. <laughs> it's, to this day, it's like one of the funniest moments. <laughs> and for those that can't see the video right here, Blas just shrugs his so shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> just, just what else would I do, right? <laughs> so, um, Chris, I'm going to go to you. How about let's put you on the spot here, and Coach Dodo will go to you next. But do you have, uh, Chris, do you have a favorite Coach Dodo moment? 
There's a million of them, Mike, but I'm going to go to this one. I, I don't want to say who we were playing, but it was this team's senior year, Brian, and in our league, outside of Woodridge, we beat every team by 4,000 points. An average of, you know, I mean, these teams just couldn't be with us that year. We lost it was a home game. Hang on. You, yeah, start start again, Blas. Start from, like, we beat every team by, like, 4,000 points. So you, you, you broke up again there. Going on your cell, I think it was like 8,000. Can you hear me, Brian? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, my, um, there's a ton of memories of Coach Dodo, but my favorite is, Mike, we were playing um, that we beat by a lot of points, and we were going to beat by a lot of points going into the game. We, it was at home. We lost the opening tip, and some beat us for like a backdoor and you turn and look at me and say, like, who didn't do what they were supposed to on defense on that play? Or, like, something. You were, and I looked at you and I said, Mike, we're going to win the game by 20. You can't be mad three seconds into the game. Like, you just – you got to relax. You just – don't worry. We're going to be in the quarter. It's going to be 18-4. And it's just like I – sometimes I just like, calm down. Sorry, Mike. That's embarrassing you. Yeah, I was a little neurotic about uh, about games. Um, I've calmed down since since those days. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember getting on our guys and demanding the most of them uh, from the opening tip off until the end of the game. Um, my greatest memory, I think, of that year is when we cut the nets down. Um, you know, we beat – we didn't talk about this yet, but after we beat Woodridge and we went to overtime and the game was over, uh, we had always talked about cutting the nets down. And home, uh, we had one. And, uh, you know, I had spoken to our, our uh, superintendent beforehand, and I said, listen, if we win, we're cutting the nets down. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, go, with go ahead. So, you know, we won the game. I, you know, I had the ladder already, scissors already. Um, and then it was just a great moment. I remember getting up on that ladder and then the place just erupted. And then each player got up there and had their moment of cutting down a piece of that net as well. Hopefully these guys saved that. Uh, we have the entire net still hanging in our trophy case at Crestgill along with AJ's pitcher. But uh, I think that was the, you know, the favorite moment of that season. And just, it was like a culminating event for these guys and in their career. I know we had another game after that. I wish we would have won that, but winning that game at home, the way we won it, cutting the nets down. Um, that was definitely something I'm never going to forget. And I think that was my last title at Crestgill. We had lost one other one in the championship, I think two years later, but uh, it was a great memory and that I'll never forget it. I believe Brian, uh, uh, Mike, uh, didn't didn't our athletic director get upset that we cut the nets down? You can't trust athletic directors. That's all I'm saying. You cannot. No, you you won't even understand. We got in trouble. I got in trouble the next day for cutting the nets down <laughs> for telling our fans to come out onto the court and celebrate with us. A couple of our administrators were trying to hold the kids into the bleachers, and we, you know, I was like, "Let's go, get out here." And uh, I remember I might have dropped a few F-bombs as well. <laughs> so we just win this awesome game, an epic victory for us. And I'm in the principal's office the next day 
talking about how I cut the nets down. <laughs> I'll pay for the net. How much is a net? Told the fans to come out on the court and blah, blah, blah. I was like, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But um, definitely an epic game uh, and an epic season. My dogs are going at it. Hey, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, something I'll never forget. <laughs> Coach is, is muted again as his dogs are getting after it. But I tell you what, you're right, Chris. You cannot trust those ads. And you know, basketball nets are expensive. What are they like three dollars and twenty five cents these days? I mean, you gotta you gotta really watch your money. You know, as a high school athletic director, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, wow, cannot thank y'all enough for doing this. We could do this for another hours and more hours and more hours. This has been a lot of fun. We might have just have to come have y'all come back and talk about more greatest games here in the future, but it's been really, really cool to, to hear your answers, hear your memories. And for me personally, and I know we joke about me being an athletic director, one of the things I always want to remember is what it's like to be a coach. And so to hear you guys talk about both your coaches, Coach Dodo, Coach de Blasio, what they meant to you guys, and all the stories that, that go unnamed today uh, is just a real reminder about what we get to do as coaches and to hear you guys recant those stories. It's been, this has been awesome. I've got chills thinking about it. So I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show guys. It's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us guys. Yeah. It was uh, great. Well, let's, uh, Thanks, Brian. we appreciate it. I know AJ appreciates anytime he can wear his varsity jacket. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, thank you. And, uh, we really do appreciate you having us on. Yeah. Well, y'all, y'all been, y'all been great. And, uh, next time y'all are in South Carolina, like I say, you just got stopped by the lake. We'll get you on a boat and we'll have some good times. And I, you know, and again, once I, once this pandemic ends, I'm going to go on the, the New Jersey basketball tour. So once I'm up there, we'll get you to uh, see, see some, see some Blasio games, some Rock Renzio games, some Dodo games now. So, uh, I'll have to be up there for about a month to see everybody that we've talked to up there. But, uh, Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode for my co-host, Chris de Blasio. I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.